0: Are you ready to find out how to blaze your own trail? Welcome to the Blaze Your Own Trail podcast with your host, Jordan Mendoza. In this podcast, Jordan interviews people from around the world to find out about their journey to success. If you're looking for valuable content with actionable advice, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Jordan Mendoza.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blaze Your Own Trail podcast. My name is Jordan Mendoza. I'm your host, and I've got a very special guest today. His name is Tony DiMatteo, and I'm going to give him just a second to tell you who he is and what he does today.
0: Hey, everyone. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm Tony DiMatteo. I am the co-founder and CEO of Lottery.com. And so we we do a lot of things, uh, not just in lottery, but in the charitable sweepstakes space. We're entering into sports betting, and we're just uh, our goal is to be everywhere and be the biggest thing on the world in on the planet. I'll say.
1: Love it. Love it. Very ambitious. And we will get into all the things that you're up to. I know you've got some exciting things happening. We're going to get into that later in the show. But my favorite part of the show, man, is really taking a rewind. You know, I want to I know you're in Austin now, but I want to give the audience context. You know, where did you grow up? You know, where were you born and raised? And when you think about those formative years, you know, elementary, middle to high school, you know, what kind of kid was Tony?
0: Wow. That's a great question. So, um, I'll say I, I was born and raised in the Denver area, uh, in Colorado. And, um, you know, uh, my parents, uh, my, my, dad, he, he was the son of a farmer. So he grew up on a, on a farm that was obviously so, somewhat difficult life. Uh, and my mom, um, she also grew up in Denver and she, uh, she didn't know her father and, uh, her mother had some substance abuse issues, and so she spent a lot of time in foster care. Um, I, if I'm rewinding too far, let me know. But I, you know, this is my parents' life. But um, you know, when would they hey, that, hey that's they where met, you
1: came from, brother. So uh, you know, is, it's, they're right. part of your origin story. So <laughs> definitely, definitely Completely. interested to hear about them.
0: Yeah, and, and they they definitely formed myself right of just my my personality and and, and who I am. Um, so so they met. I think my mom was fourteen, my dad was sixteen. Uh, you know, and they both had very difficult lives. Uh, they eventually, uh, as soon as my mom was eighteen, they got married and they started you know the family and and uh, it, it they're just very down to earth, working class folks who just were trying to do the best they could, right? They didn't come from any type of privilege or anything. They just they just wanted to succeed. Um, they worked really hard. And so, you know, we were, uh, I'll say, you know, I have two older sisters, I'm the youngest of three. Um, eventually, because of their hard work as we were able to move out of our, um, I'll say, you know, economically depressed neighborhood to like a suburb of of Denver called Littleton. And if you know Littleton, that's Columbine. And like I went to Columbine in my freshman year and that's the the whole thing there. Um, But really it's just my my parents really had a a drive to succeed and just try to take opportunities. And, you know, I, I learned a lot very early on about entrepreneurship is you know it was uh at one time they were thinking like well, we'll we'll move to georgia and we'll you know buy an orchard somehow they didn't really know how to do that um and we'll we'll do that or we they also had a uh a vending machine route right that, that they tried to do um all while also working other nine-to-five jobs right and so it was just all about how do we better the family going forward and how do we sort of make something of our, of ourselves so um that's how i grew up uh my my mom when i was 14 she was diagnosed with uh, ms uh and so very serious you know disease and uh being in denver is where we were a mile high right and so it turns out being at that elevation is very hard on ms patients and so when i was about 14 is or i guess maybe 15 is we moved to uh the bay area so sort of nor- northern california just to be at sea level uh which was a huge benefit to my mom um, And so I went through that whole process. Uh, Eventually, I sort of barely graduated high school when I when I was 18. Uh, And I I really mean barely, Uh, you know, and um, about about two weeks before graduation, I I remember this very clearly. Uh, in, In senior year, my history teacher, Mr. Mantooth, he sort of took a break from teaching history and he said, I'm going to tell you all, like, what is what's your future going to be like? Right. And, you know, just to educate us about what does the real world look like? You know, with just a bunch of 18 year olds or 17 year olds. Uh, and, you know, he said, look, you're either going to go to college or you're going to get into the workforce right now. And, you know, all, what, what does that mean? Right. And so e- either path you choose, you're going to um, you know, you're gonna get a job at some point, you're going to get sort of these, you know, cost of living increases. You have to, you know, have, get a 401k and all just sort of general advice, right? Um, and I took that a very different way, right? It is I thought, so the way that I interpreted everything that he was saying was that, look, I'm, here's the world, right? Which is that you're going to work 50 hours a week for 50 weeks a year, for about 50 years, and you you get maybe two weeks off right like a, through this whole thing and you have to squirrel away money is the most that you possibly can and then at the end of the line when you're an old person right when you're you know 65 70 who knows actually what when retirement age is going to be um then you get to enjoy enjoy life right like then you get to actually enjoy your life and um that all seemed sort of crazy to me right i was like i, I really felt like I don't want to have anything to do with that, right? And if you think about the current sort of system that we have is um, your goal is to squirrel away money and then you retire, you move to Florida or someplace that you know you can afford, you downsize. And your goal is really is that if you die before you run out of money, you are a success, right? Because now you have something to give away to your children or to a charity or whatever um and like you know and but if you look at the statistics is most well it's about 50 50 right so about half the people in the u.s are successes which which means that they they died before they ran out of money and the other half they run out of money and then they're still alive right and if you're in that position now you are dependent on either your your family your children hopefully or the or you know a church or or the government Um, And when I looked at that future, when I, you know, when I was 18 years old, I was like, I don't want to have anything to do with that. That seems like a terrible idea. And so I I thought, you know, look, I can, the thing that I had on my side was time. You know, it is like I, I was, I was young. I didn't know anything. I had no resources, no anybody to sort of help me learn along the way. But I thought like, what if I just become sort of a, a you know, like a, a home run hitter. And, and every time that I get an opportunity, I just swing for the fences and I try to do the absolute best I can possibly do um, and just hit it out of the park. And I, I became okay with the ideas, like I'm gonna strike out a lot of times. Like I'm gonna fail and fail and fail and fail and fail. But eventually, just if you think about, you know, uh, what, if, if, you, if you fail enough and you learn from every time you fail, eventually you sort of have to hit a home run. And so my goal was just to ignore the sort of normal path that that folks take, and just try to hit a home run, right? And it, it's taken a long time. Like I, I've I have failed many more times than I've ever succeeded. But that all of those failures are why I'm successful now. It's it's because like I just took the risk, and it it's it's wild when you if you think about you know we, we and and to backtrack a little bit is. We did have a system, you know, for about 50 years or so, where you could just sort of uh, go into the workforce, you know, get a job, have a pension. And then all of that would eventually, you know, work 40 years for the exact same company. And that would lead to sort of economic prosperity, which would be good for your, for your children and your family. Like that doesn't exist anymore. And it actually hasn't existed for about 40 years, I'd say. Um, it worked for a very short amount of time, but that's not the reality. But I think most people still believe that it's, That same reality, and that's the that's the thing that frustrates me is that I don't think we really understand where we are, right? And if you think about like college debt and all of these things, like what's your ROI on going to college right now, today? It's not great, right? If you look at all the numbers. So, um, anyways, I'm I'm rambling, Jordan. Uh, So that's okay. I'll I'll stop there for a second.
1: No, no, that's okay. You know, I mean, what a what a lesson to learn at 18, right? Seven, you know, other kids in your class are 17 years old and you have somebody, you know, again, there's plenty of people that probably blew it off and was like, I can't wait for the summer. You know what I'm saying? But for whatever reason, you took it to heart and said, I'm going to do everything in my power to not have to go down that path, Yeah. right? You essentially said, that's going that way. I'm going the opposite direction and I'm going to do it come hell or high water, it doesn't matter how many times I fail, right? And that's a matter of attitude. But I think if if I'm catching on correctly in learning about your parents, you saw them do this, right? You saw them, even though they still had their jobs, they were figuring out how do we add more value to our family? How do we provide more for them, right? And so that hard work, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like it helped pave the way for you, so that when you did get that epiphany, you said, "You know what? I'm gonna let me blaze my own trail here. Let me go this other direction." Yeah.
0: No, you're you're right. You know, and, and I, I won't say that my parents were ever wildly successful as entrepreneurs, but the what I learned is that this is the way forward, right? Is that like you have to you have to own some part of what you're doing, right? Like a a nine to five where all you do is get a paycheck every two weeks. And maybe sometime in the future, you actually have some type of it's not even really an exit. Right. It's its like, OK, I, I'm just going to squirrel away all this money. That doesn't work. Like it, it just doesn't. Right. And and so I learned from them about risk taking, which is a little bit ironic, is that my, both my parents are, are very risk averse, but they they still made the moves that they thought they could make. Right. I would say I'm like I'm 10 times more, you know, OK with risk than, than my folks were. but. Um, I learned that lesson, right? Is that you, you have to have ownership in whatever you're doing, whatever, like whatever that you're working on. And, and that led me to you know, like, it's interesting is from entrepreneurs, there's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur. I uh,
1: agree.
0: I mean, it, it's, it's so much easier. Like, you know, think 30 years ago, how hard it is to be an entrepreneur. Like you have to quit your day job. There's the, the internet does not exist, right? So you have to like quit your day job You have to go all in on something else that maybe works maybe doesn't um that's a a big risk and now you can sort of sign up on ebay right like create an account find you know i I will buy a a widget for one dollar from somebody and i'll sell it for three dollars over here you can do that in your spare time dedicate an hour a week two hours a week if you start now like you can build something right like I, i think a lot of people they overestimate what they can do in one year and then they underestimate what they can do in like three or five years, right? Yeah. So it's all about just just doing it, just, just go, just start and just learn about all of what that means, right? Whether that's, you know, affiliate marketing or learning about, you know, profit loss and inventory and whatever that means is like, you just need to start, that's it. Yeah. Absolutely. I really do believe everybody should be an entrepreneur in some way, that's the future.
1: Well, you know, when we talk about entrepreneurship full-time, I've been full-time since, January of this year, I I left my 15 year corporate career, best decision I ever made. But when I think back to my childhood, like I was prepared from an early age, like we grew up super, super poor food stamps. Like if I wanted candy, I had to go knock on doors and collect cans (laughs) to get the deposit to go buy candy. But that helped me later when I went to sell newspaper subscriptions. And when I started getting into baseball cards and into sneakers. And so I had that itch I got knowing that I could t- turn something into more like from yeah. from an early age. And so when I was ready, but again, it took me until I didn't leave until I was uh, 39 years old. Right. But wow. I, the, but the, but the journey started at a young age. And so a lot of a lot of today, a lot of that gets discounted. You know, a lot of, of a course, lot of that yeah. journey gets discounted today because people don't didn't see me knocking on hundred doors at fourteen. here <laughs> and hundred people tell me no, right? right? But what does right. that build up? That builds up tough skin, similar to your situation. You've yeah. done a lot of different ventures, and that's really where I want to start with this next part of the show. Is what did you do next? Right? You you get this information, and you say. I'm not taking this path. So you're 18 years old, you're living in the Bay area. Did you stay there? Did you, did you end up going somewhere else? Did your family end up moving? Like, how did you get to Austin? You know?
0: Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's a longer story, but yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, is, is after that is I realized like college is not for me, right? Like I I literally barely graduated high school. I'm I'm just a bad student in any, any type of structure, right. Uh, for that. Um, and so, uh, the way that my brain is wired is that I'm uh, I'm a problem solver, right? So like, you, if you give me a problem, I, my brain can fix it, and and that's just how that I'm wired. And so I got into IT and tech. So like, I was really just an IT guy for for a long time, uh, you know. It, so I got. Hey, to, hey just I need go. I need to
1: stop you there because there's never just sure. an IT guy.
0: <laughs> cuz everybody needs
1: the IT. You know what I'm saying? They're not yeah. they they're a integral part of every business. So, give yourself some kudos cuz everybody <laughs> needed you, right?
0: No, I I I I I really appreciate that. You know, as um and I'll say uniquely being an IT guy led me to so many relationships that I would not have had uh, because I you know, I was uh, a an, an employee uh, as uh, an outsourced IT company, right? And so what I got to do is go, you know, fix everybody's stuff, whatever that meant, right? Like either servers or networks or or computers. Um, but I would be able to sit down at the CEO's desk of whatever our client was. And, you know, we would just go back and forth and just talk about like, you know, what's happening, what's going on. Um, and that helped me build my network. And, you know, there's this whole thing of it is like, it's not um, what you know, it's who you know, right? And that's true to an extent, but here's the good news. You can get to know anybody right like you can work your way towards like these relationships and a lot of diverse paths to um meet people and and your your goal should be that like i deliver value to somebody right like if you just imagine me as just an it guy that's all i did right is i i would fix stuff fast that's it but it's a tremendous value for people and and it also taught me of um, it's not good enough to just fix technical problems. Like your actual job is to make people happy, right? And so it's not good enough to just, you know, make sure that this guy can print or this, you know, uh, woman can, you know, do whatever she's doing and, and print out her stuff. Is it's it really is, your job is to make people happy. And if you make people happy, some amazing things happen which is that they will refer you to other people that increases your business um they believe in you and they want you to succeed right and so just spreading that sort of you know that message uh is incredibly valuable like and i think you can do that in any job that you're in right now right is uh, i feel like we all and and by the way it's it's it is important for us to all work as employees for sure right because you especially when you're young is like you have to understand how does this all work, and you know what's going on, and and how do you understand these social dynamics? But you should always be thinking about like what's the next step, and it might not be with the company you're with. It might be making your own company or a better competitor, or just advancing yourself. Right? I don't know if that makes sense. I don't think I answered yeah. your question, but no,
1: no, it definitely makes sense. though. and you know, it, I can relate a lot to it because I can remember for for probably six or seven years in my last position. I never thought I was gonna leave, right? I thought that this was wow. the organization and I loved my role. I was in training and development and teaching and coaching people. But when people started making these little deposits, like they would say like, hey, man, you really impacted me. Like I see a change, not only at work, but at home. Little deposits start to happen, wow. right? People, yeah. and, and I'm sure it was the same for you. You're, you're working closely with these CEOs. And the conversation switches gears from a conversation, and not about technical stuff, right? And yeah. you start to realize the true value that you had.
0: You're you're completely right. So so, my entire adult life has been um, I work IT, right, uh, because that pays the bills, and it, it's a really great sort of career path. And then whenever I had an idea, I would bail on that. And I would go all in on toward some type of startup. And those sometimes they work, sometimes they fail. And then whenever they failed, I would go back towards it. Right. Um, But the the biggest benefit that I got was having these conversations right with either CEOs or VCs that would understand, you know, like what I'm doing and what I'm really about. And um, eventually is like uh, at, at one point, then I left the the IT company that I was working for and I started my own and and I really focused on VCs and actually the way that I left it is that one of the VCs said look Tony I would love for you to be my guy right like I don't want anybody else coming here why don't you just quit this job and start your own thing and I'll you know I'll pay you way over what market was going to be and I have somebody you know three four floors above me um, who will do the same thing um, and so that was sort of my exit from that that world the right for you now, couldn't refuse
1: brother you oh, have yeah. you had your first two clients like exactly you know,
0: that's They're awesome like, here you know start a company and i'll give you two clients which are way overpaying of what they probably could do right um and so that made all the sense to me and that that allowed me to do whatever i wanted to do right is it it gave me freedom um, and I'm again, I'm, I'm a terrible employee, like, I don't think I could be, I'm not employable, right? Like, I, I'm your worst employee, like, I'm not going to, you know, pay attention to like TPS reports and like, you know, file all these things. I'm I, I just, I'm just not wired that way. So to, for me to be the person who just figures all that out, like, I'm in a much better position. And then that led to me to meet my co-founder and being able to self-incubate all of the ideas that we wanted to build. And, you know, Lottery was not our first idea, it was probably our fifth idea. Uh, And we, uh, my co-founder Matt, he's brilliant. Uh, At the time when we met about eight years ago, um, he was running a tech company, I was running a different one. Um, and the idea was like, we're, we're just going to build things that should exist or that are inevitable to exist, like things that have to happen. And if we can be the guys that build that, like there's a huge opportunity there. And so that's basically what we did. Um, and we got some patents around other tech that has nothing to do with lottery uh, along that journey. And then once that happened is uh lottery just became our entire focus so like i sold my company he left his company and we've been just dedicated on that going forward which is a a whole nother story i guess
1: that's awesome that's awesome and so um and so did you meet him in austin or is or did you move there after How how did you end up getting to texas
0: oh no yeah that was um so i i had been in uh in, in San Francisco for uh, probably 15 years ish. And uh, I spent a year in Miami in between. And uh, but but it was really around the Bay Area. Um, and we started the company we met with sort of, uh, if you think, you know, Jason Calacanis, a great um, angel investor and in 500 startups. Uh, we sort of pitched everything to them. The thing that they actually liked was was lottery. That was actually the thing that was most interesting. So we raised a couple uh, we, we raised some money there. Um, And honestly, like I wanted to move to Austin immediately. This is probably, you know, five or six years ago. Uh, Matt, my co-founder, didn't want to move um, to Austin. He loved San Francisco. And uh, uh, but ultimately, uh, so we're about a six year old company just over. Um, We moved in, I think, February of 2018 to Austin. So we moved everybody here, which has been amazing. And when I think about Austin, I think about Austin feels like San Francisco did about 10 or 15 years ago. Like, this is sort of the future. It's the right vibe. It's the right culture. It's, it is the new epicenter of like what's going to happen in the next 10 or 15 years.
1: Yeah. So I would thank you for sharing that context. And um, so when you think about the Bay Area, you know, that's a place you you really were raised out there. Um, What sticks out to you? What sticks out to you the most from a, a, maybe a landmark
0: perspective? Oh, <laughs> um, well, you know, look, I, I I love the Bay Area. I love San Francisco. And that's that's sort of uh, why I'm upset by everything that's happened. Right. Like, I, I, And uh, only to say is that San Francisco is gorgeous. It's, it's beautiful. You have beautiful people. You have a, a great vibe. But it, it has gone downhill every year that I've seen it in the last probably 10 years. Uh, and that's very frustrating to me because I do love that place and I love the people there, and it doesn't make sense to me. Um, and so that's why I think you're seeing that it's everybody is is leaving, right? And they're obviously they're either going to sort of you know, Vegas, Miami, or Austin. Um, and it, it's interesting in Austin because of all of this is you you have a, a new BC community that wasn't there five or ten years ago, um, and so like you know things change uh, but i really do believe that if you are a, an entrepreneur now uh, you probably should look at austin like come out here you know meet the community get to understand that um as much as i love san francisco and the entire bay area i just feel like that is the, the past and that the the future is probably in austin or maybe somewhere else but um unless the bay area has a has a, a huge change of direction right, which uh, in, incentivizes entrepreneurship, which they used to a lot. Um, it is a very difficult place to, you know, to be a company and to, to build whatever life that you want to build. It's, it's rough. It used to be the land of opportunity. I don't feel like it's that same thing as it was.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, it's you. You were there to see it, right? And you've been yeah. in Austin to see the changes as well. So I think you've got a pretty good, pretty good perspective. So bay bridge or golden gate bridge
0: oh i was a i was a golden gate guy for a, a long time <laughs> yeah no, I've it's lived it's- all, honestly i've lived all over the bay uh in um from you know uh santa rosa to marin to san bruno to um pittsburgh and the east bay so like i've been i've been all over the place
1: this may be a very random question you probably never got this on an interview but why are there so many Volkswagen Beetles in Santa Rosa and Petaluma in like that part of California? It's like yeah. the epicenter. I, I, anytime I've been there, I just see <laughs> Volkswagen Beetles everywhere.
0: I, I have no idea, but you're right. It, they are everywhere and they've been there for, you know, the last 20 years. They, they are literally yep. everywhere. There's yeah. a it's very cool car culture in sort of like the Santa Rosa, Petaluma area. Um, and I don't know why... Beatles are a big part of that but uh, yeah I
1: I, I just noticed them all over the place I was like wow this is this is kind (laughs) of cool um (laughs) so let's let's talk Austin so had had you been out to Austin for you know maybe like a South by Southwest prior to moving there and got to really experience the vibe and the the creative culture there and is that something that you know made you want to make that shift and, and bring everyone there?
0: Yeah, you know, we we came out for South by, I think, in real early in the um, the history of the company, Uh, and I I liked it. But also I realized, like, you can't judge a city based off of like South by like a giant event. Right. So I came back a few times uh, over the years. And, um, you know, when we when we thought about, well, we came to a decision is like San Francisco is probably not right for us. Right. For a lot of different reasons. And so we thought, well, where where could we go? And we narrowed those down to like vegas because we're a gaming company um or even like uh miami or new hampshire um all sort of you know good tax effective places that we could you know move our headquarters to um or it was really austin right and so we chose austin because it has sort of the all the benefits that you're looking for from a corporate perspective um, but also you're looking for the the vibe right of like where do you want your to build your team and and who do you want on your team and we i saw that you know years ago it was like if we go here we will attract incredible talent and we will have all the advantages that we we want to have as a, as a business um without having to sort of you know pay you know half a million a year to a senior developer right which is which is what the bay area is and that's totally fine but there's incredible talent everywhere uh and so you don't have to hamstring yourself to a specific location anymore
1: that's great and so what are your thoughts on the austin food scene you know i went to a very interesting little spot um it was off 6th street it's called frank uh frank it's got like you know these hot dogs and they're all doctor. you got the notorious pig and like all these different <laughs> you know cool style hot dogs so do you yeah. have a favorite local food spot that you frequent
0: Oh, my gosh. I don't know that I have a favorite. I I just go everywhere. Um, And my wife is actually very good about finding, you know, new foods. But I mean, it's sort of Austin is at a point where like open up the map, throw a dart at it. You're going to find amazing food like it's just great. Right. And uh, you can't go wrong. Like, it's really hard to have bad food in Austin. So it's like, just just get out here. Just check it out. It's amazing.
1: For somebody that's never been to Austin, have have you personally experienced the bats under the bridge? And is that something that you'd recommend people that visit that they actually (laughs) go and check out for themselves?
0: Well, you know, the yeah, I I have actually, and like I've gotten in the little boat on the on the river and, and seen the bats fly over. It's it's cool. It's fun. Um, you know, uh, the bats, they do, they might poop on you. Like you just have to be ready for that. Um, but, uh, so that's just what it is. It, it's cool. Uh, honestly, like there's not much that's not cool about Austin. Like if you come here, you're just going to be like, I like this place, right? Like this is a, this is a cool place. And if you, if you are a traveler and you, you sometimes you land in a, in a place and you just have this Bible, like, I don't love this place, right? Like there's something going on here. I just, it's not the same. Austin is very welcoming. It it doesn't care. The people don't care of what your your views are, or what how you see the world, or what you want to do. Is like it's very accepting of just like look, everybody's cool. Come here and then let's have a good time. Yeah, that's that's it's a very uh, that's a very uh, good way
1: to put it. It's very laid back. It's yeah. very yeah. You know, people are just super chill in in Austin. It's it's uh. You know, it makes sense that a guy like Matthew McConaughey is over at the the football games. You <laughs> yeah, know, it's
0: like he just fits into
1: that environment. <laughs> right. You know, um, absolutely. So you mentioned a lot on your journey about failing a lot, right? Lot of this lottery.com thing wasn't wasn't the first thing there. So when was it that this really clicked and people started? you know, wanting to, to know more or, or even, you know, becoming partners or investors in this in this whole thought process. And can you share with the audience context on when they make it to this website or they get to the app, what's this user experience like? You know, because that's sure. super important, especially from a gamification standpoint. You got to keep people engaged when they're using the app. Um, so I would yeah. love for, for you to share some light on that.
0: Sure. You know, um, again, you know, like uh, actually, If you if you rewind all the way back to like 2015, we uh, so my 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 co-founder Matt he met Jason Calacanis, who's a really impressive angel in in San Francisco, and um, we at the time we had about six projects that we had been self incubating. One was called Glimpsable, which was like a photo sharing app that I thought was great. Like we thought that was actually our best idea, and you know that was going to be amazing. Um, And so Jason puts on the launch festival, I think at Fort Mason uh and so um you know matt sat down with him and he pitched him everything that we had and so jason didn't like glimpsable he didn't like wi-fi he didn't like all of the things that we had the very last thing on the list was auto lotto um which was the you know that's where we started and so jason said uh great you're on stage in two weeks get ready um at the launch festival and you know if you think about it like everybody else who was already accepted into the launch festival had been accepted about six months ago they were ready they had time to prepare Oh, they were ready you guys had two weeks yeah like yeah we had two weeks right and so uh, a couple days later we go to um like pitch prep with with jason right and so matt and i are in the back uh, of the room and everybody is getting up to do their pitches and they have these like amazing like keynotes and powerpoints with animations and all this stuff and Literally, we are in the back, uh, making our deck as fast as we possibly can, right? Like on the laptop to just explain something. Um, And so, you know, we did that. We got okay scores, not great. And then we did uh, another week of that. And then, um, you know, we decided like, I should actually go and present at the launch festival. And, you know, we did that and all of a sudden we had a tremendous amount of interest you know from 500 startups and all these private angels and um we raised i think about seven hundred thousand in maybe two weeks or something right is it, and it was also a great lesson of of uh storytelling which i do think is the most important skill that you can have uh, and develop is how do you tell people a story because that's how we're all wired is to understand stories um but we put together a really good story i think you know at least on stage in about a minute and a half and then we raised that money and then that Immediately, you know, I sold my company, Matt left his company and we just focused on this to do as much as we could because, you know, the lottery is, uh, it's its about $80 billion a year market just in the U.S., right? And about another 400 billion roughly outside of the U.S. Um, but it has not gone online the way that it should have probably 10 years ago. And so, you know, that is our goal, is just to take something that already exists. it's a huge market, and we can bring that online to um, you know different people, different demographics, younger folks and and all of that. And it's uh, in one way, it's sort of the most obvious and easiest thing that you could do, but it's also one of the most difficult things because you're dealing with states and regulations and uh, you're trying something that's never been tried before and everybody has resistance to that. And you're poking so, the
1: bear. You know, you're, you're yeah. essentially poking the bear, right? <laughs> because you're, you're yeah.
0: probably like, you do
1: something, they're like, well, you got to bring that back a little bit and you know, try to do yeah. it, you know, and then you got to go back to the drawing board and you got to probably figure it out because there's a lot of, like you said, a lot of regulations and compliance, n- never fun to deal with.
0: No, you're right, you know, and, and like we, when I, I think we learned early on that it's, not enough to we we cannot be disruptive meaning we cannot be sort of like if you remember uber in a couple years you know six years ago is that they would just open up a market and they would get market share and they would just fight the battles that that came along we realized you can't do that because in in lottery the states own the games it's their games right so it's not like you're going against the taxis which is another private company is like you these are their games and so um, what we did is we just built relationships in those states is we started meeting lottery directors and the AGs and the governor's offices. And we said, look, we are here to, our value prop was like, we're here to sell your product for you for free, right? Like you don't have to do anything, that's it. Um, and so we would have like a, you know, a legal opinion written by our gaming attorneys submitted to them. And then we would ask for like a letter of compliance in return. And that gave us the sort of the clearance to, to go forward. But we realize like, this is a unique industry, which is that you really have to, you cannot be disrupted. You have to make friends and allies along the way. Like, we cannot afford to make an enemy ever, right? And the the—and that's worked out. So now we're in 12 states. I think we'll be in at least another six by the end of this year. We're expanding internationally and in, into other types of games like sports betting and, um, you know, other types of games of chance, so. I love it. <laughs> you
1: go man so when i think about your journey like from from 18 years old when you had that conversation everything has been about taking risks right and you you took five risks four of them didn't work out the fifth one did right and and now this is something that you know is going to be going internationally like you said so you know kudos to you for not giving up but i think you know, for everyone that's going to watch this or hear this, there's some lessons, very clear lessons that I can extract here. And for, for one, it's it's definitely bet on yourself, take risks. The other one Absolutely. is it's about building contextual relationships with people. Because if you think back to your roles in the IT world, that's that was the training ground for you to be able to, to have the wherewithal of how do I have these productive problem-solving conversations. And sure, so I'm sure you took those same skill sets into these local jurisdictions and the chambers of commerce and all these marketplaces that you wanted to get into right? So you stuck to your bread and butter things, but I mean, that's what it's all about and having a compelling story to go along with it. It's, it's no reason why this is going to be wildly successful.
0: No, you're completely right. And I think I forgot the fact that is, um, I, I, I started that it company to focus on VCs because I knew eventually like I would have the right thing, the right investable idea. And, um, probably more than half of the seed money that we raised was from just my DC friends. They put Mother. in personally, right? They like they just they they knew me. They believed in me. They knew I was an entrepreneur and then when the right thing came along, they they put in their own personal cash, not even from the funds. And so it's it's it is really about well, you know, again it's it's not what you know too, you know, but like you can go and know anybody and just deliver value to that person in whatever way that you can and they'll be a fan of you and they will want you to succeed and eventually you sort of you're building up these like goodwill points right like yeah. you know the, these people really like you and then at some point you'll have a a reason to cash those in and ask for their help um you know and that's that's how it, it's worked out for me is um it's all it is all about it's it's what you know and it's who you know and you can go and meet anybody and and know them you also have to know a lot of stuff, and you have to be able to execute. That's sort of the, you know, the two dynamics um, about everything, I guess.
1: Yeah, and and you know, reciprocity is almost like a free lottery. Right. You can you can yeah. always give info. You can always be nice <laughs> to people. You can always do it. And you don't know when it's going to come back or when you're going to strike. But when it yeah. comes back, man, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Right. Because I'm a big believer that every good thing that you put out is it's going to be returned back to you. Yeah. It, it may not be in a monetary sense. It may not be in a stuff sense, but it's going to come back in some form or fashion. And it sounds like you know, oh, all yeah. of these seeds that you've been planting along the way are now starting to come to fruition and the harvest is starting to show up.
0: I completely agree. Like it costs nothing to be nice to everybody, right? It doesn't cost you anything, but the benefits in the long term are so significant. Like I've, there have been so many times where I've I've met somebody, we've tried to do some type of deal and it didn't work out for whatever reason, but I I made them my friend, right? And then sometimes years later, They'll say, hey, look, I just got this opportunity. You were my first thought. And so I want to put you in touch. And then it works out. And it, it could be a, a, a massive thing. That's that's life, right? Just, just build friends. Don't have enemies, you know, and it will all work out. As long as you're continuing to do everything you can to be successful yourself, that's how you win.
1: Love it. Love it. So I would love for you to share. I know we were talking a little <clears throat> off air. You've got some exciting things uh coming up with with lottery.com. So I'd love for you to share with the audience what's what's kind of going on behind the scenes for whatever that you're able to share um, and sure. then uh, I'll make sure that we get uh, everything linked in the show notes for the audience.
0: No, I appreciate that. You know, so we are um we I'll say you know, we're going through a SPAC process right now with with Trident TDAC is the ticker symbol on the, on the Nasdaq. Um, it, it, the audit process and the filing of the S-4 has taken longer than anybody would have hoped, um, which I completely understand, and I promise you nobody's more frustrated by this than me, but we just have to deal with, you know, accountants and auditors and lawyers, and that's just the process in a very changing world of the SEC's guidance and, and what that means. And so it's just a process. We are going to go public. That's really the message. Like, this is going to happen. and I share and understand everyone's frustration but this is going to happen um and so you know hopefully sometime in the very near future is like we will have a defined ipo date we'll go ring the bell at nasdaq it's going to be amazing and this is really just the beginning uh, our you know our global vision is to be a marketplace for all types of games of chance wherever you are in the planet you come to our property we check your location and your identity and then we want to show you whatever game you're legally allowed to play um and that's that's the whole of it and so uh i appreciate everybody all of our investors it's it's a little bit crazy we have about sixteen thousand retail investors which sort of you know blew my mind um when we started with about 400 in november so we really do have this very strong you know retail base of uh, people who believe that and just uh, are holding and, and going to that they understand the opportunity and that we're going to be successful and for me, it's on me to uh, everything we talked about is I just have to execute like I, I've, I've put all the pieces in place and it's just on me to just make sure that it happens and do whatever I can to, to make it up. So, awesome. It. Well,
1: well, I'm very confident, brother, you're going to achieve tons of success uh, i do have one final question that i've just been thinking about and and the audience is going to get the answer to this how much was the domain lottery.com <laughs> if, did, did you have to pay a? Pre- you don't have to share the number but i am gonna I'm assume it too. was was it available and then did you have to fight hard for it because i mean i'm and did you get it in 2015 or was it even long before that
0: the, it's actually a really cool story. So, um, you know, we started as Autolotto and I actually have an Autolotto tattoo about, about right here um, with the old logo, right? Um, and, uh, you know, we, uh, so we started in 2015. Uh, we were raising our Series A in 2017 and uh, I had met a, a, a seed investor um, or an angel investor to, to put in there. In Miami, he said uh, he'd put in some cash and then he said, look, I know the owner of the lottery.com. Uh, and so immediately i I'm from Miami, I flew to LA uh, and I met with the owner of lottery.com. And so it, it turned out that he had bought it in about 2006 um, for I'll say well north of $10 million in 2006. And his goal uh, initially was to do what we're doing now, which is to you know uh, allow people to actually play the lottery in a legal way. Um, but in 2006, that was very difficult. So he sort of just abandoned that idea um, and and he just held on to the domain and the website for about 10 years. And so when we met him in 2017, when we looked at the website, it looked like it was designed in 2006 because it was, um, and it had not changed at all. Um, and then I just sat down with him and I told him the vision, right? Which is that like, we want to be synonymous with the lottery. Like when you think of lottery, think of us. Um, and we would just want to be everywhere, whether you're just checking your results or you're playing a game or you're you know, getting into whatever you're getting into. We want to be that, you know, we, and we think we have the opportunity to actually to be that platform. Um, and so long story short is he invested cash into our Series A and then he contributed domain on top of that. So in a way, we got paid wow. to take the domain, which was uh, that's incredible. Was cool.
1: but, but again, folks, for, for everyone that's watching or that's going to hear this, it went back to building a relationship. It went back into sharing the vision, telling a story and getting someone to buy in absolutely i mean what what an 100%. incredible story i appreciate you giving us that access and sharing that because uh that's going to show a lot of people that sometimes it's just about being patient you know asking yeah. the right questions you know and uh, you never get anything you don't ask for folks so and that's you fair. know, in having this conversation with you tony i think you've proven that sometimes it's just about asking
0: it is it is and you know it's uh entrepreneurship is a long road but you have to start you have to start walking like or you're never going to get anywhere right like just start just go and what you think you can accomplish in one year doesn't matter but if you just do it for five years you'll be so far ahead of where you could even imagine and so i encourage everybody just go be an entrepreneur don't leave your job by the way i'm just saying go go do it go be it and the time will be right for you to move on to the next level so that's it
1: and the only thing i'll add to that is when what he's talking about folks saying go go do it is become a practitioner you know get good master that whatever that craft is that you have whether it's you know video or, or it work or sales get really good at it fail a bunch you know yeah. share it with people put people <laughs> through it and that's how you're going to prove to yourself that you can do it right because that's if right. you do not put in those reps doesn't matter what you want to go set out to do you're not going to accomplish it
0: hundred percent. Completely agree.
1: Well, hey, thank you so much, Tony, for coming on the Blaze Your Own Trail podcast. You're a true trailblazer. We're going to make sure we get uh, lotto.com and all your info in the show notes for everybody uh, so they can connect with you further.
0: Fantastic. Thanks for having me, Jordan. I really appreciate it. Thank you.